Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi, at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. We're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our friends online around the world. We appreciate you guys joining us as well. There's been a lot of conversations about policing in the United States, especially after the last incident that happened in Memphis. But this is something that is not a new conversation, as our next guest shows in his new book. We're excited to welcome investigative reporter and author Michael Hayes to our broadcast. He's written a book that is really fascinating and so timely. It's called The Secret Files, Bill de Blasio, the NYPD, and the Broken Promises of Police Reform. As we can tell in this conversation, police reform is something that's been talked about for a long time. We talked to Michael not only about the writing of this book, but also the research, the families that were impacted by the different situations he talks about in the book, but also the larger conversation he hopes all of us are able to have when it comes to the issue of police reform. Michael, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. Hey, Cyrus, thanks for having me on. Well, Michael, definitely it's our pleasure, and we're going to remind our audience how they can get their copy of the book and stay connected with you. But I want to talk about this topic for you. As I mentioned, you are an investigative reporter. What was it about this topic of police reform, especially when it, with the NYPD, that really drew you to the story? Sure. So uh, the book builds on reporting that I did when I was working at BuzzFeed uh, back in 2017-2018. Uh, I was covering law enforcement and a source passed myself and another reporter uh, a cache of about 2,000 secret NYPD disciplinary records um, that just revealed all sorts of egregious misconduct and the fact that a lot of officers weren't going uh, punished for these misdeeds, and we spent a year working on that project. So when I got the opportunity to do the book uh, a couple years later, um, the, the the situation in New York had really turned a corner. A law had been passed, or I should say repealed, that made these secret files no longer a secret. And also in that time, uh, the NYPD in the city of New York had published uh, uh, quite a bit of thousands of files of um, police disciplinary records. So I really wanted to, you know, dig back in and and look at uh, what had changed since I originally got on this beat. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately what I found is because of politics, awesome power of the NYPD, the city, you know, fell short and continues to do so uh, when it comes to holding police who commit egregious misconduct fully accountable for their actions. And then, Michael, I think anyone who is who's reading this book, I think it is, it's, it's, at some point, it's, it's difficult to read, I would have to say, because you think about what I mentioned to you before we went on here is that something that gets lost sometimes in these conversations, and I think because, for one, we almost become numb to it, unfortunately, because we hear about it so much, are the lives of the family members, the lives of the victims. And you really go into detail in a lot of these situations about the different situations with that. What was that like for you? I mean, as not only as a reporter, but just being able to see how how the lives of these families uh, were treated, and especially by someone who was meant to serve and protect the community. 
Yeah, so something uh, I'll preface that I think is really important here is um, I, I worked on this book uh, totally during the pandemic. Um, so not only was it uh, a, a fact that these families had to let me into the most tragic, horrible thing that's ever happened to them. They had to accommodate me while we were uh, dealing with a worldwide health epidemic. Um, so I, I think that's an important thing to note here. And, I, you know, um, one thing that I found, and hopefully I, I succeed in this in the book, is that these stories are just so complex because of how daunting the legal fight is for these families. It was really, uh, I, and I knew this going in, that I, I was dealing with people uh, for the most part um, who had been fighting the NYPD, fighting the city for justice for their loved ones who had been killed by police five, sometimes over a decade ago, um, and and were still fighting. And that and that really, you know, uh, describes the extent of of um, how hard it is to achieve justice for your loved one after they're killed by the police. And, and I, I think in, in most cases, it, it ends up being in, incomplete justice. I mentioned, Michael, that, of course, uh, we here in the South, of course, now around the country and even the world, um, you know, have been talking about what happened in in Memphis. Um, I'm also the news director here for the station in Mississippi, and so it's something, of course, that I had to be able to um, to, to talk about here with our audience. And But I will say this, there did seem to be, and I think people have commented on this, and I'm curious as to your thoughts, uh, even though it happened, of course, after you wrote, you wrote the book. What was it like for you to see the way that things were handled with the police officers there in Memphis, as opposed to a lot of the cases that you outline in your book, The Secret Files? Well, it's, it's an unassailable fact that they did act quickly um, in terms of, of uh, firing those officers, um, for, for what they what they deemed very quickly and, and frankly obviously to be um, against their rules, I will say that because of of my work and you know I, I focus in the book primarily on what became the major fight over police reform in New York City during uh, uh, Bill De Blasio's tenure as mayor, which was how to reform and improve the NYPD's disciplinary process. My immediate reaction as a reporter when in the in the days that the Tyree Nichols story was was breaking was we have to we have to learn about these officers' past we have to know what their disciplinary their misconduct history is i i you know, and i'm I'm speculating here but i I, I find it hard to believe that that any police officer could do that to someone knowing that they have a camera strapped to their chest and knowing that at least someone, uh, in, in, and in this case, um, a lot of someone's millions of people are going to see on camera what I did and to be able to do that and to not have, and, and, and for officers like that to have a perfect record. Uh, fast forward to, um, I guess we're about a month out from that, Incident, and we still don't know anything about these officers' disciplinary uh, records. And I think that speaks to this culture of secrecy that still exists, despite you know new laws being passed and uh, 
municipalities and, and, and police departments taking small steps to try to be more transparent around officer misconduct. But, you know, that to me is, um, yes, they, they fired these officers very quickly for what they did, but um, the fact that we, we know very little about uh, what was going on with them before that happened, I think it is, uh, speaks to a, a failing that is still going on. Exactly. Great point there. I want to say for those who are just tuning in and on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome investigative reporter and author Michael Hayes to our broadcast today. He's celebrating a brand new book. For those joining us via the podcast, we have the Amazon link for you guys. We'll be able to get your copy there. For those tuning in on the radio side, we'll be posting it also on our Facebook page. But the book is called The Secret Files, Bill de Blasio, the NYPD, and the Broken Promises of Police Reform. Speaking about what you were able to discover when it came to the NYPD, Michael, you, you talk about in Chapter 10 of the book a big issue that is very prevalent even today, and that is the way that police deal with those who are having a mental crisis or dealing with mental illness. Um, you talk about the NYPD's current policies about this, but I want to read a bit of what you said um, and talk to you about it because I think this is a really troubling number, and I'm curious as to your thoughts about how this is being addressed when it comes to the NYPD, but also uh, just when it comes to the issue of policing as well. For those who have the print edition, it's on page 134, and Michael says this in talking about this topic, the problem with police killing mentally ill individuals has persisted on a national level. A Washington Post analysis found that between 2015 and early 2022, more than 7,000 people were killed by the police of that group. At least 22%, more than 1,500 people of those killed were experiencing a mental illness. And, and that is a, it's an astounding number, Michael. What was it like for you in doing your research to be able to discover that and to see the way that, especially when it came to the NYPD, how they handled those who were having a mental crisis? Yeah, I mean, that, that number um, is, is really jarring. And I, I'll say that, um, you know, I also talk in that chapter about uh, certain cities around the country that have taken steps to try to mitigate this. Eugene, Oregon, which obviously is a smaller city uh, compared to New York City and, and, and most major cities around the country, is, is probably the gold standard in terms of um, uh, applying a strategy where they don't send the police to respond to people experiencing a mental health crisis. And uh, uh, New York City, however, has, has sort of, um, it, Unfortunately, an example of retrenchment, uh, Mayor Eric Adams is making moves uh, as we speak to try to uh, sort of harden the approach, make it um, uh, put more uh, on the police's plate, give them more authority when it comes to responding uh, to uh, folks in mental health crisis and actually be able to um, go in and, and um, uh Take them to hospital uh, themselves, which is which is really uh, a, a jarring thing for me to think about. The um, the example in the book uh, that I write about, um, uh, Miguel Antonio Richards, was was yeah. uh, in, incredibly difficult um, uh, part of the book to write, uh, specifically because I I was able to obtain um, uh, I think all, close to an hour of 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 officer body cam footage that really brought into focus how just um, uh, 
the 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 way police responded to him in a very aggressive and just um uh just a, a manner that that flies in the face of of what you would want to do um with somebody who who's uh dealing with a, a mental crisis yeah you mentioned mayor adams and we can't have a conversation like this without mentioning him, even though, of course, as you mentioned, the subtitle of the book, I mean, it does, of course, cover a lot. And even, of course, I should mention for our audience, in reading it, I was surprised. But then again, it made sense in the context of even looking at Giuliani and his time in office as well. Do you do you feel as though, as far as the conversations, another book just officially came out, Michael, but are you feeling, though, as far as the conversations you're having, that people are optimistic, uh, or do you see them basically uh, just getting used to what they consider more of the same? Uh, that's a really that's a really good question. We're we're definitely in a reactionary moment in terms of how the politicians are acting. Uh, Eric Adams is a great example of this. In one of his first move, public safety moves when he came into office last year was to bring back the NYPD's anti-crime unit, which is a unit that historically was involved in a disproportionate amount of of police shootings and police killings around New York City going back decades and um, was something that was disbanded after George Floyd was killed by Mayor de Blasio and uh, Commissioner Dermot Shea at the time. And and, uh, at the time, uh, Dermot Shea, who is no... uh, Great apologist for um, for aggressive policing uh, said that it was time to move on from what he called brute force tactics. And within a month of taking office, Mayor Adams brought it back, uh, which I think speaks to his sort of reactionary nature when it comes to public safety. Um, the second part of your question: Are, are people getting complacent? Is there hope out there? Kind of paraphrasing you. Um, uh, uh, one thing I, I've been telling a lot of people um, about this book is there's actually a story of, of hope in here. Um, yeah. The the story of uh, the activist community, um, very much led by the mothers and the relatives of young black and brown men who were killed by the NYPD, that community banding together and, and fighting for about a decade to get uh, civil rights law 50A, which is was the police secrecy law, the law that kept police disciplinary records secret in the state of New York. To get that law repealed after George Floyd was killed in 2020 is an uh, awesome achievement, uh, uh, considered an awesome achievement in the police reform community. And that is a law that stood on the books for 40 years, uh, stood the test of, of the courts multiple times, and very importantly, had the awesome backing of the police unions. They literally wrote the law back in the 1970s, got it passed, and got it preserved for, you know, almost half a century. So for uh, uh, a group of activists to come together, a highly organized group like that to come together and to to do the work to get something like that repealed and, and, um, you know, strike a... Uh, a, a really interesting um, blow to those who oppose uh, transparency is, in my, in my mind, a real hopeful moment and, and one that I think uh, is depicted well in this book. So if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic about reform or, or, or anything like that, um, this book is definitely 
worth your time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It, it is a great snapshot of history, but also where we are moving forward, Michael. Congratulations to you. Again, everyone, Michael Hayes has been our guest. The Secret Files is the book, Bill de Blasio, the NYPD, and the Broken Promises of Police Reform, as I mentioned, is available through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. Michael, what about yourself? How can our audience stay connected with you? Sure. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm just at Michael Hayes. I post a lot about all my work there. And uh, yeah, thank thank you so much for having me on. Congratulations to you again. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live, both for our community station here at WYAD, but also for our online audience joining us as well. We appreciate you all being with us too. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>